good morning. Thanks for joining us for a Friday edition of the 41 Files podcast. I'm digital producer Sam Hartle, joined in the studio by reporters Stephen Dial and Nick Starling. Gentlemen, welcome to 2019. Thank you. Thank you for Good welcoming morning. us to the year. I'm, I'm part welcome of the, uh, to 2019. I'm, I'm part of the welcoming committee. Uh, Taylor Hemnes, who was with us uh, earlier this week, talking with Cat Reed about what to look forward to uh, in 2019. That should be on your feed uh, uh, from Wednesday. Uh, is out on assignment this morning. Uh, what we thought we'd gather the troops today uh, to talk about the government shutdown, which doesn't show any signs of of slowing down. Unfortunately, um, I think we're entering week. Two, week three? Week two. This is week two, it is. Ending, Day 14. Ending. Yeah. Day 14. And we actually had some other interesting political news, so we're taping this uh, around 1130 on Friday, January the 4th. Uh, guys, we just found out some uh, pretty important news in uh, in the Senate. Yes. Senator Pat Roberts, longtime senator, first U.S. congressman. Um, not He was not the first U.S. congressman. He was a congressman from the first district in Kansas from 81 to 97 and a senator since 97 will not seek re-election in 2020. So he's seen some things. He's seen a lot of things. And so that's a congressperson on their way out mm-hmm. in 2020, not not seeking re-election. Uh, Stephen, you talked to a couple people who were on their way in. Yeah. Um, yesterday, obviously, uh, new members of Congress were sworn in uh, on Thursday, January the 3rd, and that included a couple of local people uh, uh, in Senator uh, Josh Hawley, who was uh, uh, sworn in, and then also uh, Representative Sharice Davids, representing uh, Kansas's 3rd Congressional District, uh, was sworn in. Stephen, um, you spoke with both of those candidates yesterday kind of about you know their excitement um, and looking forward, but you also talked to them about the government shutdown. Um, I have a couple of bites from your interview. We'll start with Sharice, uh, and uh, then we'll go to uh, Holly, and then we'll kind of talk about what they said uh, kind of moving forward. I think it's it's pretty clear that we're in the position we're in right now, uh, not not simply because because of Democrats opposing um, the, the funding for a border wall because it's an inefficient use of, of taxpayer resources, uh, but you know, up to this point and until uh, very shortly from now, uh, the Democrats haven't had control of the House or the Senate. And I think that, well, when we see a Democratic majority in the House, we're going to start to see uh, folks who are really focused on making sure that the, the federal government is taking care of the people that it's supposed to be taking care of. So I would just say to the Democrats, it's time to actually do your jobs. It's time to stop politicking. It's time to come to the table and to work to secure the border, get funding for the government, stop playing politics. Stephen, I noticed, I'm sure the viewers or the listeners are going to notice, there's a little bit of difference in tone. A big difference. Uh, between uh, David's and, and Holly. Um, help us understand what that difference is. Well, Josh Holly ha- has done this before. He knows what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Um, a lot of people may have forgotten that that conversation that Donald Trump, President Trump, had um, with Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the vice president, Donald Trump, saying, I won't blame Democrats. And now everything has been blaming the Democrats. Democrats saying they are not going to spend billions of dollars uh, to extend this wall. And Josh Hawley is saying that Democrats are playing politics. Meanwhile, Sharice Davis is saying, um, you know, the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate. They could have passed a budget before all of this, uh, before the Democrats even took over. Now the Democrats are in charge. This isn't going to go away, at least not this weekend. 
it's very interesting. This is the first time under the Trump administration now we're in divided government. Right. And it'll be kind of interesting to see what Therese Davids does and Josh Hawley, even though he's in the Senate that is still controlled by the Republicans. It'll be interesting to see how each of them go in these next uh, couple of years here, too. One of the key issues in uh, Sharice Davids' campaign where she squared off with uh, incumbent Kevin Yoder uh, was immigration. Uh, uh, Congressman Yoder uh, served on the Immigration Committee uh, in the House, uh, and Sharice took a little bit of fire for her comments uh, on a podcast for, regarding ICE. Those kind of blew over eventually, or they weren't relevant enough for, for the voters in the 3rd District. Um, is it a surprise that that, that issue is, is still f- first and foremost for, for that candidate? I mean, it's a immigration is a big issue. Yes, the, the gap, whatever you want to call it, of her saying what she said on a podcast. I don't think anyone's thinking about that anymore. I don't think it will hurt her in any way. But uh, it will be interesting to see, um, will she toe the line, the Democratic Party line, and stick with Democrats and just vote against anything with Trump uh, for right now uh, for the time being? Um, is the test will be to see if she's going to be her own person or if she's going to be a party loyalist. When before she won and when she won, she was kind of with the new class talking about, oh, we need fresh leadership, new leadership. And then yesterday, the Democrats elect Nancy Pelosi and Steeny, um, you know, Steeny and um, Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, the old guard, uh, so to speak. And they just kind of gave them a bone with one new representative in the Democratic leadership. So it'll be interesting to see how how much she she toes the line with Democrats. And you you could hear it in Josh Hawley. I mean, he sounds like he's been in the Senate already for you know three years. The way he's talking, saying you know Democrats need to stop playing politics, but. Both of these candidates, not candidates anymore, both the congresswoman and senator um, are saying they hope to reopen the government so they can focus on things that matter to voters like health care, pre-existing conditions, raising wages. Both of them kind of said the same thing when it talked about issues that they wanted to do as new members of Congress. Stephen, you mentioned, I think, Nick, you've you've uh, tweeted about this, too. This shutdown doesn't appear to be ending anytime soon. And although shutdowns in 2019 are not the same type of government shutdowns as they were when they first kind of became uh, a thing in the media in the mid-90s, perhaps, um, there are still some some real-life impacts of that. We had a story last night from uh, Andres Gutierrez, uh, who caught up with some local brewers, the uh, um, the ability for those brewers to launch new styles, new products uh, is limited because they require federal government approval. Um, and until they're able to do that, they can't uh, bring new products to the market. As somebody who drinks beer, uh, I find that to be problematic. Um, but there are more serious consequences uh, to the government shutdown. Nick, you talked with a realtor um, last night, I think yesterday is part of your story. Yep. Um, what's the what's the hang up there? Well, with this government shutdowns affecting some federal agencies, HUD, the IRS, and also uh, a few others as well that deal with the housing industry, and so uh, this affects the real estate markets uh, throughout the nation and also here in Kansas City. And we do have a very hot uh, real estate market here in Kansas City. You can see apartment complexes uh, popping up all over the place and and uh, you know some say there's a short of shortage of shortage of homes here too and uh, but 
Uh, with this government shutdown, that's affecting the loan industry that you can get through the uh, HUD. Uh, there's some loans you can get through there and the USDA as well. Real estate agent David Van Noy is already feeling the effects of the government shutdown as it impacts some of his clients. We do have current clients that are under USDA financing that would like to buy a home. They're not under contract right now, but their house hunt is on hold until we can be for certain that when we write an offer with their name on it, that they can get it closed. Right now, you can't get a housing loan through the USDA because the department is shut down. Same with some FHA loans. They may be stalled as well. Since the government is the largest backer of mortgages, it affects borrowers. And so if financing comes in on a home today or we get an offer today on a, on a seller's home, then we're going to look at that financing. And as the shutdown goes on, we might determine that we do or don't want to take an offer based on their financing. And that can make a difference in a competitive housing market. If someone made an FHA offer, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But now a conventional offer versus an FHA offer might make the difference between you getting the house and not getting the house. So, Nick, uh, one of the things I thought was interesting uh, with the with your story last night, we know that winter, kind of late fall, winter is not a huge time for, for home buying. But if this stretches maybe another couple of weeks, you know, then we are talking about uh, February. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I bought a house. I started that process sure. in February, knowing that things really ramp up in the spring and kind of want to get ahead of that market. Um, so this isn't resolved quickly. There's some ramifications here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I was talking with a realtor, he was saying, uh, right now it's a little bit slow. Right after the holidays, people aren't really buying houses. They're not thinking about it right now. And it really starts to heat up, you know, March. The busiest time is May uh, for realtors. People, you know, either buying or selling. And so uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of people coming in right now uh, having to deal with this problem. But he does have a few clients that are on that USDA loan where, uh, you know, that agency is shut down right now so they can't even get you know that loan approved the irs who also kind of oversees and puts maybe the final stamp on some of these loans is closed as well so um it is a bit slower time of the year as you kind of mentioned uh so but the longer the shutdown lasts the more impact he says it will have on the uh, housing industry Stephen, you and i were talking about uh, another impact um, off air this morning uh, when it came to farmers uh, talk to us about farmers, tariffs, and how that all plays together with the shutdown. So as we have reported multiple times, farmers in our area, the Kansas and Missouri area, were already impacted by the trade war with China and tariffs. And so because farmers were losing money because of China saying, okay, well, if you're going to impose tariffs on us, we're not going to buy soybeans and things from you like that. In our area, especially near the Kansas City area, soy is uh, very, very important to farmers. And um, I was talking to some farmers yesterday. Uh, The Trump administration basically provided funding that would help soften the blow of revenue that farmers would lose. And it broke it down to about 80 cents. Uh, It was going to be two-time payments of 80 cents per bushel. And 80 cents doesn't sound like a lot, but think about the amount of bushels that farmers would export um, out of our states. And so farmers could apply for that revenue and get a check. Some farmers already applied. Um, The deadline is not up, but some farmers already applied and already got their checks. Some were waiting until the end of 2018 to apply, and now they can't do that because the government shut down. So I talked to some individuals who uh, they either applied and now they're waiting on their check and won't get it because the government is shut down or they were about to apply and they can't apply because no one's in the office. And so it's kind of a 
a double blow for that farmer who's not the huge farmer who who can just survive this. They were already hurting from the tariffs and, you know, expecting a, a nice, decent check coming. And then now you have to wait on that check. So it's putting some in a, in a, a, a pickle. Now, I don't want to sound alarmed. A, a good number of the farmers I talked to yesterday, uh, they told me, oh, I already applied and I got my check. But there are still some who have not applied yet or who have not received their check. I think I think that's kind of the the theme here is that there's lots of people in limbo. Um, I know that for a lot of the government employees, uh, you know, here locally, uh, if you depend on a weather forecast, uh, some a lot of the local weather forecasts. Thankfully, it's been the weather's been pretty pretty calm the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. But uh, the National Weather Service crew down in Pleasant Hill, um, you know, they still have to come in. You know, if there was a major blizzard or if we had kind of a rare severe thunderstorm, uh, you know, concern and in the wintertime, they'd be right there sending out the warnings and stuff like that, and they're not getting paid right now. Um, we talked about in our morning meeting the impact of, uh, you know, it's not just members of the general public that that, that are sometimes working paycheck to paycheck. It's members of uh, of, of the government, too. And so, um, you know, this, this has impacts uh, on the consumer side and then also on, on the public employee side. Um, Stephen, if I could, real quick, um, to kind of maybe put a bow on, on a couple of the topics that we talked about today. So we, we talked about Pat Roberts throwing in the towel. One of the themes of retiring Republican senators mm-hmm. uh, since the president was elected in 2016 was that once they were freed from the constraints of having to run for reelection, they became a little more uh, vocal in their opposition to at least some of the president's policies, not mm-hmm. all. Uh, and then ultimately they would still they still generally voted to support the president's policies. Given that some of um, the the tariff decisions, some of the shutdown decisions are impacting farmers, are impacting people in the Midwest, that's always been one of Pat Roberts' um, calls to action. In fact, he's he made his announcement that he's not seeking retire not seeking reelection today at the Kansas Department of Agriculture. Any chance that that he might become maybe a little more vocal? Nope. You don't think so? Nope. All they, right. Well, that's they, the final they, word right they there. Passed, they passed the farm bill. That's what he wanted to do. He's the only lawmaker in Congress to have chaired the Agriculture Committee in the House and the Senate. He just passed his second, I believe, farm bill. I think he's happy, and I don't think he's going to make any waves. Pat Roberts is a, is a, a Trump guy. Um, I don't think there will be any shade thrown. He's a pretty low-profile senator, too, right? He doesn't really On do purpose. a whole lot. On Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, it won't be real low profiles, the Republican primary to replace. Now, we talk, I know we're wrapping up. We talked on, uh, I have to make a plug, Kansas City Weekend Review. Uh, you can watch tonight at 730 or uh, The president at watches PPS now, right? Yeah. 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 And so uh, we talked about this. Don't sleep. Jeff Collier throwing in his name to run for state Senate. He's not done with politics. Um, some people mentioned Chris Kobach. I think the Republican Party may say, you lost a statewide election. How do you think you're going to win another statewide election a year later? Look out for Jeff Collier. That's all I'm saying. Greg Orman as well. Uh, now, Orman ran uh, for Robert's seat a couple years ago yes, yes. Um, and came close. Mm-hmm. The final polls, sure. meh, I don't know. It was a somewhat of a test for Roberts. but uh, So it will be interesting to see. we got plenty of time to talk about that, uh, plenty of time to uh, to talk about. It seems like the uh, the ongoing government shutdown. Uh, reporter Stephen Dial, Nick Starling, guys, thanks for uh, for joining the pod today. I'm Thank mad you. you didn't bring any cake. This was, That's right. a, yeah, this, this was, was an important day. So this was uh, uh, podcast number 41 for 41 Files. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, unfortunately, the, the best known example of that is the Pee Wee Herman, um, you know, word of the day where you know, somebody <laughs> says, you yeah. know.
says that. Um, I always think we should do a marketing campaign here at the station where, um, you know, we should, anytime somebody says anything 41, like it's mm-hmm. going to be 41 degrees outside or... <laughs> You know, if you uh, if you ran forty one miles uh, last week, or uh, if you're going, if you've got a car and it gets forty one miles, just have balloons drop and fireworks, no right? Yeah, and sirens. Yeah, maybe not fireworks. Look, uh, big props to Tom Dempsey for naming this show. The v- and then we actually did that in the forty. We went into the first episode without a, yeah. a formal name. We were, yeah. It was going to be like the Greitens podcast. I think yeah. this was before Nick was born. Actually, it was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. So our first couple of podcasts were were about Governor Greitens, and then we transitioned to politics, and and then we've kind of transitioned to uh, a little potpourri of, uh, of everything. everything. But I think it's I think it's weekly better. events. Okay, I know you've been trying to end this podcast three times, so I'll let you end it this time. Oh, well, I thought you were going to go on with something there. I mean, I can. We could we could talk about live mascots on the field. <sighs> I'm not going to comment about Peter's comments. I'm going to just be quiet. And uh, Nick, you're a Cornhusker, so you guys yeah. don't have any live mascots. Go well, dog. we have people. Our mascot's a person. So, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, Cornhuskers, they're, it's, a, what? it's a person. Yeah. The corn, corn husking, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a job, basically. <laughs> He's like, our mascot, we have people. Like, well, we don't have like a dog or a tiger. It's mm, a person. You know, Intimidating. So, yeah. Mm. You wear that corn head. It's, it's been a very intimidating mascot the last couple of years oh, under sure. the uh, O'Reilly and uh, <laughs> and Frost uh, administration. Hey, we're coming back. Right. We're coming back. Uh, thanks for joining <laughs> us on this Friday edition of the 41 Files. We'll see you next week.